game again. It's the game again. Gotcha. You did it. It got me. And you're on the butt? I think so. Am I'm I? I'm on the butt. Am no, I was I? telling oh. you. Oh, oh good. <laughs> gorgeous, 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 gorgeous. 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 All righty. Um, think of titles as we go because this <laughs> bad boy comes out tomorrow. <laughs> I know. I'm like, what can I say that's like super creative and be like, hey, and remember it. That's a good title. <laughs> or how about that's just the title is that's a good title. <laughs> the titles, you're welcome. We barely made it. Or the title is this comes out tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Welcome. Welcome to Conversations in Compliments. I'm Clara. And I'm Alex. Hey, Alex. Hey, Clara. How are you? How do you know? Living. Good. Loving. That's a good start. Learning. Doing things. How are you? Great. Uh, I am doing well. Can't complain. I could, but I won't. Yeah, well, we all could. <laughs> Couldn't we all? Probably so. Uh, it is Martin Luther, Sir, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King <laughs> Jr.'s birthday Dr. today. Sir birthday? Martin. Is it his birthday or it's just his day? I don't know. Oh, gosh. I feel like I should know this. We should both know this. We really should. I think it's his birthday. I mean, I could look. Well, well, no, because the day that Martin Luther King Jr. Day is doesn't change. It's the, the oh yeah, second, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Third, the third Monday. Monday, yeah. But I think like his birthday was in January. I think. I think. I don't. Oh, oh boy. I well, don't know. I don't want to. That's wanna embarrassing. Confirm. He was born October twenty third. That's my brother's birthday. Oh no, that's the third. So that's Martin Luther King the third. We uh, want Junior. We want the Junior. I don't know why he came up first. Seems mm-hmm. disrespectful. I don't know. Whatever. I, I, yeah. Something. I it's don't know. today. Marking the birth of Martin Luther King Junior. He was born on January fifteenth. Which is yesterday. That's why he did not show on my HBDs. Mine either. Excuse me. Oh, jeez. I got them. Uh, also, it would be for tomorrow's date. Oh, that's true. <laughs> and I don't know what happens in between all of... <laughs> no, I would never look. I'm like, I only care about what happens on a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's my window. Is Did it happen on a Tuesday? No, don't care. I don't know about it. Unless it happened to me. And then even sometimes I don't remember that. Majority of time, I don't remember. Yeah. Or I try not to remember. Sometimes you have to block things out. You really do. <laughs> you really do. I think that's a theme. Just block it out of your brain. <laughs> that's healthy, uh, right? I think so. so. I think it's called a coping mechanism. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretend that it never happened. <laughs> well, I don't have any new notes since last week. Uh, I... Honeybees are still up. getting vaccinated. Oh, good. Good, good. Good to know. Um... Okay. So I want to read you this obituary. Okay. And then I want to tell you about this person. Okay. It's very long. Okay. But, and I don't know if you've heard about it. I don't know. But I want to read this to you. Okay. And then I'm going to tell you what happened. Okay. So, Michael Orwin Haight was born on January 7th, 1980. Haight? Haight. H-A-I-G-H-T. Okay. In Seattle, Washington, to Robin and Brenda... After his dad finished dental school in 1981, the family moved to Cedar City, Utah. In his youth, Michael loved spending time participating in city league baseball, basketball, soccer, various outdoor and scouting activities. He achieved the rank of an Eagle Scout. Congrats! Michael excelled at everything he did. 
graduated from Cedar High School in 1998, where he was the Sterling Scholar in Business. He was very involved in various sports and activities. Michael spent the summer after graduation working in Alaska in a fish processing plant. Okay. His leadership skills, values of honest hard work, and determination quickly led him to be a line manager of a crew of 10 to 12 men. Okay. Michael was called to ser- called and served a full-time mission to Porto Alegre, South Brazil, for the Church oh. of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Okay. He loved the people he met on mission and had many fond memories of his time there. Mm-hmm. After his mission, Michael began classes at Southern Utah University studying business. He graduated with his bachelor's degree in 2004, where he was named Outstanding Finance Student for the School of Business. During this time, he met Tasha Earl in their student ward. They were married together in St. George Temple on May 10th, 2003. Together, they welcomed five children into their family. Oy. Whole bunch of names. Nobody cares. Yeah. Each of these children were truly a cherished miracle to them. Michael mm-hmm. made it a point to spend quality time with each and every one of his children. Michael enjoyed making memories with his family. He spent many evenings and Saturdays coaching the children's city league sporting teams, attending the children's concerts at school, going on side-by-side rides, doing home improvement projects, sledding, and much more. Fun. Michael lived a life of service. Whether it was serving the church or the community, he was willing to help out whenever was needed. Michael owned and operated a successful insurance agency, receiving many awards and honors for his achievements. Many of his clients loved and appreciated the care and attention he gave them. He recently sold the business to allow more flexibility and spend time with his family. Michael is survived by his mother, siblings, and grandparents, and he's also survived by many aunts, uncles, nieces, and nephews. Funeral services will be held privately. Family and friends will be notified of the details. The family would like to express a special thank you to those in the community who have reached out with their love and support and all those who have helped in any way. You are very much appreciated. I'm nervous. <laughs> Michael murdered his entire family and then killed himself. Oh, no. All of his five kids. All of them. Well, we do care about their names, maybe. We do. Yeah, he murdered his wife, children, and mother-in-law, all because his wife wanted a divorce. Oh, my gosh. Well, he... That seems like... Didn't that take a turn? Yeah. (laughs) Who wrote that obituary? That was his obituary. They locked it down, apparently. Um, And, you know... Because people were commenting, uh, he murdered his family. He wasn't family. that great. He wasn't that great of a person. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So. That's sad. But if you noticed, the people that did not survive him in the, like, is I know. survived by. I was going to say, and his kids, but I thought you just passed over him. No. <sighs> Why? Why? People are terrible. What was the wife and kids obituaries? I don't know. Did they even get one? The only one I found was his, which I think was ca- was causing an uproar because it was like, dude, you're painting this person out to be like <laughs> to be great. a great person and a family he man who loved his family and his did kids. great things. But oh yeah, footnote: he murdered his family. <laughs> man, yeah, do murderers usually get obituaries? Not usually ones that nice. Huh. 
usually it starts out with, yeah, no, he killed his family. (laughs) (laughs) Or he's just an article in the paper, and that's technically a obituary. So, there's that. Well, I didn't like that one bit. No. Let Um, your wife leave you. Divorce is okay. You'll get over it. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll still get to see the kids. Maybe. I mean, it doesn't seem like you should. No. Um, and then uh, just to add to my list of things that Gen Z has done that Ugh. bothers the crap out of Ugh. me or makes me feel extremely old, <laughs> that should be its own little section of the podcast. Yeah. Um, they have a new vintage technology that they are loving. <sighs> is it? Wait. Is it the floppy disk? No. Is it the, uh, what are those little pet Tamagotchi? No. It's not a Tamagotchi. Is it an Atari? No. Okay, tell me. A flip phone. <laughs> oh my god, they're so stupid. With its terrible camera and everything. <laughs> Why? Love the flip phone. Why? It's retro. I don't know. It makes me feel old and I don't like it. I didn't like it when These? I saw that when I saw a Motorola Razor in the Smithsonian. <laughs> I don't like that one bit. Yeah. I was walking around and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> my dad had that phone. <laughs> You didn't have it, the pink one. That I wanted seems it like a so very badly. Alex phone. I wanted it so badly, but no, I didn't. <laughs> Did not. Did not have it. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, and they make fun of us. Is we did all the things that they're doing now already. We yeah, we did. And they're making fun of us for not doing it anymore. Like, yeah, there's a reason we stopped doing it. Flared leggings. Oh. Do you know how many times I tripped wearing Do you know how cold pants? the bottom of my legs were? Because you step in a puddle. Oh, and it wicks up. Yeah. You get, like, all the way. I mean, I still wear kind of, like, baggy pants, like, that go down past my feet. But that's because I'm short. Yeah. You are and just I short. And I do not have time to hem. <laughs> Nobody does. Do not have the time. Do a not tailor. Have the energy. Who has the the time and money for that? Can't do it. Not gonna do it. Not going to. So yes, my pants are long, but I like tuck them into things. I even tuck them into my slippers. <laughs> it's not cute, but I do it. <laughs> I mean, I don't have much to say about it. <laughs> I don't want the bottom of my pants to get wet because I have lived through wet bottom of the pants. Well, we've also lived through having. To carry around both a camera uh-huh. and a phone. And an iPod. And an iPod. Or a Discman. A yeah. Discman. Although I never had a Discman and a phone at the same time. No, I never did either. And but yeah, you had multiple. You, it was like you needed a full purse. Yeah. That is why we carry gigantic purses as adults. Is that also something we get made fun of? I don't know. Probably. I just see a lot of like teeny tiny little purses and I'm like, that will fit nothing. I did try and downgrade mine to a smaller one because the problem with the giant purse is I can't find anything in it ever. Oh, no, never. But the problem is I tote my laptop back and forth to work. So mm. for Christmas, I asked for a laptop bag. Oh, hey. Like a little cute satchel. Yeah. And then I can have a smaller purse and find my chapstick oh. instead of driving off the road. I did. Yay. Yeah. Do love a laptop bag. I know. I'm very excited about it. I've got two laptop backpacks because i realized oh, yeah. i love, I love the hands-free sure. and yeah. to do things with the backpack on uh-huh Just love a backpack moment love a backpack you're usually doing fun stuff when you have a backpack yeah 
Or it makes it fun. I don't know. It's yeah. just like the going back to school with the backpack. Mm-hmm. And the, mm-hmm. You got your first day outfit on, even though it's your thousandth day of work. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, it is still Justice January. Huzzah! We're still here. We're still doing it. We are. We're, we're serving justice. Serving up justice. <laughs> At least talking about people who did. Cold. Cold. Ham sandwich. Ham sandwich. Bologna justice. Bologna justice. Oh, title. (laughs) (laughs) Bologna justice. I feel like that would be fake justice, though. Bologna's not very... Well, some... uh, Yeah, you're right. Or is that a false conviction? Bologna justice. That could be. We've done it. There we we did it. We did it. (laughs) Um, I changed my mind. I'm not talking about what I told you I was talking about. (gasps) I noticed when I was looking over your shoulder as you were finishing <laughs> you your notes, read the whole I thing. was like, that's not what she said she was going to talk about, but go on. <laughs> but there's still just, there's actually quite a bit of justice there's a lot involved. Of All of mine have, well, mine has justice involved. It's just, again, I took, I took a turn. You did. I took a left turn. Okay. I like taking left turns. Sure. They're fun. Keep they're, me on my toes. You no, know, they're enjoyable. But you know what I'm doing, because I told you already. I think. Did I tell you? I don't remember. I don't know. This you last... gave me two options, and I don't remember either of them. This last week's been a blur. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you did them almost a week ago, because you did your notes on time. Sure did. Sure I did. finished mine today, <laughs> an hour after you got here. <laughs> that is true. You Oopsie. certainly did. That's okay. Do you want to go first? Sure. Cool. I'm going to talk about... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you hanging Oop. for a little bit. Um... So I'm just going to go into it. Get into it. Okay, so we go back to 1983, and we go to Leicestershire in the UK. Leicestershire? Leicestershire. It's not spelled like that, but I looked it up. That is how you say it. Oh. Um, It looks really pretty. It's, like, in the middle of England, um, and it looks... It's got, like, Hobbiton vibes. Ooh. It's super green and cute. It's, like, very storybook-esque. Um... And apparently it's remained largely unchanged for centuries because most of the families have resided in the region for many generations. So there's this woman. Her name's Kathleen Mann. Mm -hmm. She just got a divorce, so she moves to Leicestershire with her two daughters, Susan and Linda. Susan. Can you imagine a baby named Susan? (laughs) Diane's sister. Just had a baby named Susan? Her name's Susan. Oh. And she was once a baby. (laughs) All Susans were once a baby, but not now. Not No, I don't know many baby Susans. I don't know any baby Susans. Okay. Middle name Susan, maybe, but I don't pay attention that closely. Uh, eventually, Kathleen gets remarried, um, and the girls grow up a little bit as they do, and they go to a grammar school, school where Linda specifically is well-liked. Um, she's shy, but she had no shortage of friends. She was a typical teenager by all accounts. Um, Susan probably was too, but we're narrowing it down to Linda. Oh, I have a feeling. Which is never good. That's not good when we narrow it down to one sister. (laughs) On November 21st, 1983, when Linda left, uh, her house, oh, it was November 21st, I guess, 1983, when Linda left her house to go babysit for a neighbor. Um, and then she had a successful babysit. She comes Mm -hmm. home. And then she was meant to go watch another kid, but it turns out that the parent of that kid was sick, so that gets canceled. That's an unsuccessful babysit. That's an, she was unsuccessfully <laughs> sat. Uh, so Karen, uh, Linda's like, perfect, I'll go to my friend's house, my friend Karen's house. A oh, baby named Karen. No, oh, baby Karen. 
<laughs> Anyways, she leaves for Karen's house, but she tells her parents that she'll be home by 10. Like, mm-hmm. it's a Monday. Oh, I think I know where this is going. She's not home by 10. Uh, 10 is late also for a school night. I That's go to very... bed before that. And I'm bed by 10. I am like. I'm asleep by 9. <laughs> I mean, I am bed by 10. Like, in bed. Yeah. J- Jimmy Jams. Home. She... I mean, Jams were on by like 4. Jim's probably didn't come off. I mean, depending on the day. Uh, Okay, so she goes to Karen's house. Um, She sees her friend Margaret on the way. She says, hey. When she gets to Karen's house, Karen's not home. So she chats with Karen's mom for a minute. Then Mm -hmm. she's like, that's fine. I'll just go pop off to Carolyn's house. She borrowed some records from me. I'll pick them up on the way home. And then She just knows everybody in the neighborhood. I know. She has so many friends. So a little social butterfly. Um, Kathleen and the stepdad Eddie, um, they had been out playing darts. Yeah. So they get home at like eleven thirty. And Susan, Linda's sister, remember, she was panicking because she's like, Linda never came home. She said she'd be home by ten. It's eleven thirty. Where is she? So Eddie gets in the car right away, the Mm -hmm. stepdad, and he drives to all the regular teen hangouts. Which is like a Safeway parking lot in my town. I'm like, (laughs) you mean the mall? (laughs) Yeah. But I don't think they had malls. It's more of a Safeway parking lot situation. Okay. okay. Um, So he searches everywhere that he thinks she can be. And he walks the path that's like the shortcut in town, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, But the shortcut was kind of what urban legends are made of it went alongside the carlton hayes hospital which was of course the psychiatric hospital the hospital grounds were huge like almost the size of the town so it was you know kind of spooky so her stepdad walks the shortcut the like footpath and it was the middle of the night so he couldn't really see anything and so he didn't find anything but the next morning, a hospital porter was walking on the footpath on his way to that psychiatric hospital when he saw in a nearby grassy fields a mannequin. Oh, it wasn't a mannequin. Who was it? dumps a mannequin, first of all? Literally no one. Oh, it's not a mannequin. Um, so. It's never a mannequin. The guy, uh, this guy, um,. He's like, he flags down a colleague who is going past also on the footpath. And I guess the colleague was braver than him. And he walked over to the mannequin and he saw that it was not a mannequin. It's never a mannequin. It was a young person partially nude with bruises and a bloody nose and a scarf knotted too tightly around her neck. That was Linda. He checked for a pulse, but immediately felt that rigor had already set in. Um, You know, they're medical professionals. Mm -hmm. So... She had been dead for some time. <laughs> Big. <laughs> yeah. So Eddie, the next morning, for some reason, I'm not sure why, he goes to work. And he's telling his coworkers, like, we can't find Linda. Like, he's panicking. So finally someone gets word and then tells him that a body had been found along the, put- the footpath mm-hmm. um, that he had walked the night before. Ooh. So immediately he kind of realizes that he must have walked right past her. But it was just too dark to see. <laughs> I know. Or he thought it was a mannequin. <sighs> Maybe. <laughs> He's like, that's a mannequin. It certainly can't be my missing daughter. Never a mannequin! <laughs> um, he was eventually allowed to view the body for identification. And, of course, it was Linda. 
It was pretty clear at the scene that she had been sexually assaulted, and the medical examiner thought that this had been done after she had been strangled to death, <laughs> which is disgusting, but I mention it because it's a pretty significant piece as far as possible M.O. goes. <laughs> so police were thinking that had to be someone local, um, because like if you were new to the town, you wouldn't necessarily know that the yeah. footpath exists. Um or it could have been a patient from the psychiatric hospital. But still, you have to know. It's not a stranger. You right. have to know the footpath exists. Yeah. And for some reason, the police didn't really think it was a patient. So, But they thought it was someone just living in their, like, living their lives in the community. Hmm. So there were several leads of people thinking that they saw her with other people, but nothing really shook out. Um, they said some kid was with her that was like a punk rock guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there was a different guy seen in his late teens running away from the area looking kind of panicked. And some other guy like in his 30s walking away from the area with his shoulders hunched. <laughs> so like nothing. That's nothing. It's too vague. Just want to say for the record, I'm not getting up and leaving. I'm literally getting up to grab my coffee. Here, I'll grab it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, I don't want this to happen again. <laughs> what do you, you would have had to go behind me. It would have been a whole thing. Well, I would have gone the short way. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. You can go that way, too. Okay. Um, they did find some DNA on her body, but, I mean, DNA testing wasn't really a thing back then. Mm. Um, but they could find that the killer had blood type A. Okay. And he had some enzyme that, with, I'm not sure what it was, but with the combination of the two, the specific enzyme in the blood type, that would only match 10% of the male population. Okay. Okay. So it does narrow... It down. Yeah. Quite a bit. But DNA testing is not a thing. Yeah. But, and as sometimes happens, this case grows cold. <laughs> um, there were lights installed on the footpath, so it was better oh, good. lit. Good, good. You know, but yeah. people were still avoiding it, understandably, especially at night. Understandable. So we flash forward two years to July 31st, 1986. Ooh. A 15-year-old girl, Dawn Ashworth, just got off her job at Enderby News, which was a local newsstand. Mm-hmm. She wasn't like a newscaster. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Why are they hiring 13-year-olds to do the weather? <laughs> I know, I thought the same thing. Um, she was, in, she was Sports in, with Dawn. <laughs> with Dawn, I'm 12. I'm 12. No, she was, she was 15. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a great weather person's name, though. Dawn? Yeah. Kind of. There's also some weather people have interesting names. Yeah. Like, there's a weather person in San Diego. Yeah. I constantly get into arguments with Brian because <laughs> I don't believe it's a name. No, it's... They always change their name. Name is Dagmar Midcamp. <laughs> no, it's not a name. It's not a name. Although Dagmar is where we keep our boat. Well, it's not, it's not a name. It's not a name of a person. The name. <laughs> okay. Uh, 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 she was in high spirits this day because she was going on vacation with her parents to a seaside resort town a few hours away with her parents. That was spelled D-A-W-N or D-O-N? D-A-W-N. <laughs> most of the time in this article, sometimes it was spelled D-O-N, but I'm pretty sure that was incorrect. Okay. On her way home, though, she was going to meet her friends, Sue and Sharon, for tea. Oh, I know. How innocent. But she was going to be home by 7 because she had plans with her family doing something like She got to do the 7 o'clock news. <laughs> Somebody's got to do gotta it. She's got to be on the 7 o'clock news. <laughs> Why not 15-year-old Don? Okay, so, no, her family, they were, like, going to a birthday party or something. So she was going to be home by 7. So she leaves Enderby News. She just got done with the... Uh, forecast and she's off to her friend's house 
And the quickest, quickest way there is through the footpath that ran along no, the side the of the psychiatric hospital. Didn't she learn that in the newsroom? I mean, <laughs> she was first on the scene when she was 12, <laughs> two years ago. Oh, Don. Okay. Um, Don did know of the murder and what happened two years ago, and her dad had the warned newsroom. her. <laughs> her dad warned her to probably not use the bath, <gasps> but Don. this was the middle of the day in broad daylight. Her shift ended at 3.30, and it's She's July now, so there's like 10 more hours of daylight. Committed to investigative journalism. That's right. Don. <laughs> and taking this path cut her walk time almost in half. Okay. Like, sorry, okay. Dad, I'm doing it. I, yeah, I mean, same. I'm 15. I'd probably do the same. I'd do it now, too. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, mm. <laughs> I'm tired. Um, so she gets to her friend Sharon's house, and her mom's like, oh, Sharon already left. Like, I think she went to Sue's. Which, it's the freaking 80s. Why don't they call and make sure her friends are home first? Every time she goes to a friend's house, well, she's she not also there. she doesn't have a phone. She's probably... She was at the news after all. She was at home. I mean, she was working hard. <laughs> Weathered, sports. Yeah. You know. She you did know it all. It. She did it all. Um, but anyway, so then she goes to Sue's house, and they're not there either. Oh, where are they? They had already left for the tea shop, I think. Why aren't they, they were waiting just for like, her? I think they were... Thought that they would just meet her there because it was close to the news. These are terrible stand. friends. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so now she's walked all over town and she promised her parents she'd be back oh. by seven um, for their plan. So she just turns around and heads home instead. Like she's going to barely get to the tea place. Yeah. Before she has to Her leave tea again. is going to be cold. Her tea is going to be cold. It's going to be a whole thing. Um, so then the last time anyone saw her was entering the footpath headed again home. Again with the footpath. So it's 7.05 p.m. That's dark. That's dusk, but Dawn wasn't home. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even write that. Okay. That's great. So her parents were, like, immediately struck with dread, of course. So Barbara, her mom, drives to Sue's house, um, and the Sue's mom tells Barbara that she saw her at about 4.30 when she said the girls were already in town. Mm. So Barbara drives around the village until she finds Sharon and Sue, her friends. At the tea shop. At the tea shop. And they told Dawn's mother that she had never showed up. She, like, they hadn't seen her all day. So Barbara goes home and she rallies the troop and they, the troops and they all start searching for Dawn. Mm-hmm. By uh, about 9 p.m. Um, that same night, they called the police. And the next morning, the police started searching the area with tracker dogs. Ooh. Uh, two days later, the body of Don was found alongside the footpath Ugh. concealed with, like, uh, dense undergrowth. Not again. Don's body had also been sexually assaulted, and again, the medical examiner thought that the sexual assault happened after Don was already strangled to death. <laughs> so, ding, 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 probably the same person as Linda's killer two We years. got a pattern. Before. So, again, police ask anyone who's around to give them any f- information that they had. Two different witnesses said that they heard screaming in the area around 5, um, which would have been the time that she was walking the paths to go home. Um, but no one did anything about the screaming. They just heard it. Oh, of course not. Why would you? Yeah. And then two different witnesses say that they saw a man crouching in the tall grass of an embankment near the footpath. But again, <sighs> no one questioned it or told anyone. <sighs> So the police kind of start to narrow it down to a 17-year-old called Richard Buckland. 
Um, Richard. Richard had been seen around the area the day Don was murdered, and he was kind of loitering around watching the search teams before Don's body was found. Um, and he had been seen driving slowly in front of Don's house the day before she disappeared. <laughs> Ooh, kind of like Brian Cover. Yeah. Um, also, apparently, he told his coworker before Don was found that where her body was. Suspicious. So on August 8th, they arrest 17-year-old Richard Buckland. When they got him to the station, he couldn't really account for his movements the day of Don's murder, and he actually kind of struggled answering the questions at all because he had some intellectual disabilities. That potentially could be found in his blood and genes in the DNA. His intellectual disabilities? Isn't there like a gene sometime with like intellectual disabilities? Probably. Yeah. Um, but See, again, that's not so much of a silly question. I don't think you need the blood evidence to tell, though. Well, it helps. <laughs> anyway, so he wasn't really aware what was happening. He kept on, like, trailing off during answers, and he was 17, so he should have had an adult with him anyways. Yeah, doy. Um, after 15 hours of questioning, though, Richard confessed to raping and murdering Dawn. No. And was charged with her murder. However, he denied responsibility for Linda's murder. Because he would have been 14 at the time. Well. Not impossible. Not impossible, but. She would have been older, though. Girls are always taller. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways. Um, I don't believe it. But, so, okay. the year before Dawn was found... This thing called DNA fingerprinting was starting to <gasps> pop up in the news. For and example, Dawn was covering at seven. <laughs> <laughs> for example, the Associated Press had an article that said a new technique was being tested um, that they say makes it possible to identify murderers and rapists by testing blood samples, making it virtu- making it you virtually it. no chance of mistake. I don't know if that made sense. Yeah. Um, this technique has not been used in police work anywhere in the world, but could revolutionize crime detection if accepted by the courts. Ooh. So this is a very exciting discovery. Yeah. But it was really expensive, and a lot of people predicted that it was too expensive to be used really much at all. People said computers were a fad, too. Though. Yeah. So. Or the internet. The internet. Um, so this kind of feels like now how familial DNA is catching all these killers from the past. Um, like the, at the time then, undetected killers and rapists had to be like, uh-oh. Yeah, like <laughs> shaking in their boots. Oops. Okay, so we're back to Richard here, um, who's been arrested. And we bring in the man in charge of the criminal investigation, Chief Superintendent David Baker. Mm-hmm. He'd heard rumors of this DNA fingerprinting that had been starting to come out, um, and they're pretty sure that whoever had killed Linda had killed Don. Mm -hmm. And since Richard was confessing to Don's but not Linda's, they're like, I don't know, let's see what this DNA magic has to say about it. Yeah. Um, So David gets Alec Jeffries on the horn. He's the one that discovered DNA profiling actually by accident. (laughs) So, Alex starts with the degraded semen sample from Linda's murder, um, and he was able to develop a genetic signature, a.k.a. a DNA profile of her killer. Yeah. Then he took blood samples from Richard and Mm -hmm. did the same thing, got a DNA profile. Well, guess what? They matched. They did not. What? Richard hadn't killed Linda. (gasps) Copycat. So, they take the... The sample from 
Dawn's murder, and they find that the DNA profile for her killer matched Linda's killer. But so it's not Richard. It also did not match Richard. <gasps> mm-hmm. Richard later explained that the pressure the interrogations imposed on him mm-hmm. was too much, and he ultimately just caved and falsely confessed, mm-hmm. believing there was no other way out of the situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are you skeptical? No, because I, you know, false confessions, <laughs> they happen all the time. Yeah, all the time. All the time. So, and especially and if you you're 17 without an adult and you have intellectual yeah. disabilities. Like, like um, the, what's his name? Making a Murderer. Yeah. The Brendan yeah, Dassey. Brendan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There we go. Um, okay, so now they have the profile of the killer. But nothing to compare it to. This is brand spanking new. Mm. So, uh, in January 1987, there was a coordinated campaign organized within, like, the three villages that were kind of all clumped together. Okay. Um, And they asked all the local men to give blood samples in an attempt to identify the footpath killer. Mm. A.K.A. They started the first DNA database. (gasps) Hey! Hey! Here we go! So they would test 5,500 men, mm-hmm. and after about six months, all the samples were tested, and none matched the profile for the killer. Well, yeah, because if you're saying, hey, we want to click, click, collect your DNA so we can find the killer, the killer's going to be like, no, I'm good, thanks. But they made them. They stamped their passports if they oh. had done it or not. So in August, they get a break in the case Ooh. where this one rube called Ian... He was on a lunch break drinking at a local pub. <laughs> England's different, man. Oh. So anyways, he tells his co-workers who are also drinking on their lunch break that his friend, Colin Pitchfork, offered Ian 200 quid to take the blood test for him. <gasps> you see, Colin needed, oh. needed Ian to do it because Colin had already done this for a friend who would be in some trouble. Like, if oh. the friend... So Colin did it first for a friend. Now Colin needed Ian to do it for him. Oh, okay, okay. So, um, and Ian didn't live in those three villages, so mm-hmm. he wasn't required to come give his blood. Mm. So, and it hadn't previously been collected, so mm-hmm. it wouldn't match anything. So, yeah. Ian agrees, um, and that's what they do. Like, Colin slips Ian's photo into his passport somehow. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm pretty sure it was just laminated. Probably. You know how old licenses used to be? Yeah, yeah. Somehow they make it work. Um, and so Ian's talking about this at the drinking lunch. And someone else there is like, um, that's super shady. Yeah. And so they go to the police immediately. <laughs> no, they wait a month. They yeah, go a month later. Anyways, the police compare the signature they had from the blood draw to other signatures they had of Colin Pitchforks. Mm-hmm. And they find that the signatures don't match. Ooh. So they arrest Colin Pitchfork. He's a 27-year-old baker with a side business of decorating cakes. Oh. Isn't that cute? That's adorable. Uh, I mean, he was a father of two boys, and he had also had multiple previous arrests for flashing and indecent exposure with teenage girls. Uh, Colin, keep it in your pants. (laughs) He had also been sent for psychiatric counseling at the hospital in question. Ooh, Colin. 
The police take his blood for real this time. They know <laughs> they know it's him. And his DNA matches the DNA of the two <gasps> girls' killers. Exactly. Pitchfork. Pitchfork. That should have been a dead giveaway right <laughs> now. His last name is Pitchfork. <laughs> Come Colin, on now. Colin admitted to exposing himself to over a thousand women beginning in his early teens. Then the compulsion escalated to sexual assault and eventually murder. Really? He also admitted that before attacking and killing Linda, the first victim, he parked his car near the footpath with with his infant son inside. (gasps) Just makes it more sense. Ugh. He also admitted to kidnapping another girl called Liz, um, but thankfully she got away. He was charged with two counts of murder, two counts of sexual assault, one count of kidnapping for Liz, and one count of conspiracy to pervert justice for having his workmate poses him for the blood collection. Mm. Um, The workmate, Ian, he also got convicted of this charge and received 18 months suspension, suspended sentence. Mm. Um, the chief justice stated that from the point of view of the safety of the public, I doubt you should ever be released. Smart. He was apparently a model prisoner. He earned a degree, and I guess he became an expert at transcribing printed music into Braille, which is kind of cool. That's kind of cool. And he became an accomplished artist. Uh, In 2016, the parole board moved Colin to an open prison, which means he was allowed employment outside the prison and limited access to the community. And then in 2021, he was granted release on a conditional license, which is basically parole. Oh, okay. So there's that. But that is the first case ever solved using DNA. Oh. And from there, so much justice has been. So much justice. Saved. God bless DNA. God bless DNA. There you have it. That's the first one. God bless Colin it. Pitchfork. God bless a deoxyribonucleic acid. Yeah, always, he always does. He always does. <laughs> okay, what do you got? I am talking about... So here's the thing. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> and what's making me laugh is... So I'm talking about uh, the United States Penitentiary... Penitentiary... Oh, yeah, you did tell me this. Florence Administrative Maximum Facility. USPX, USP Florence Admax, commonly known as ADX Florence, which is the federal Supermax prison. The Supermax. Where all the bad boys go. Supermax Justice. Supermax Justice, which (laughs) is hilarious because the title, it autocorrected and I didn't notice it. It says Superman. Oh, nice. So I'm talking about Superman. I'm not. I'm not talking about Superman. I mean, he serves justice, probably. So, and I've actually been near the Supermax. Where is it? Uh, it is in Florence, Colorado. Okay. Which Brian's family reunion is also near Florence, Colorado. Uh-oh. So. Do some get day releases to go to that? <laughs> no. No. But I am I was like, oh, like, we're by a Supermax. Can we drive by it? <laughs> Do then, pick up some hitchhikers. I'm like, I'm like oh, can we take a look? <laughs> I really want to know what's going down. Um, but no, we never did. Oh, so anyway. So uh, ADX Florence is operated by the Federal Bureau of Prisons, which is a division of the United States Department of Justice. Yeah. Um, ADX Florence opened in 1994, and it's classified as a supermax or control unit prison, which means it provides a higher, more controlled level of custody than a maximum security prison. Okay. So 
ADX Florence is on 49 acres of land with diff- and houses different facilities with varying degrees of security. Uh-huh. But the big guy is ADX Florence. Okay. So as of August 2022, there are a total of 341 inmates. Um, What's the capacity, do you know? Uh, it's designed for 490, okay. but it has never been at full capacity. Great. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, so these inmates are confined 23 hours per mm. day in a single cell made of poured reinforced concrete hmm. to deter self-harm. So basically, like, there's nothing they can hang mm-hmm. themselves on. There's nothing they can, like, injure themselves. Scrape them. Yeah. And they're under 24-hour supervision, um, and there's a really high staff-to-inmate ratio. Okay. So, uh, during their hour outside the cell, so they get one hour a day outside of their cell. Yeah. um, It can occur at any time of the day or night. Like, they'll just be like, your turn. Your turn. But it's one o'clock in the morning. Don't care. It's your outside time. (laughs) Um, they're kept under restraint, which they're either handcuffed or shackled or mm-hmm. both. Um, and then the hour outside of the cell, they can use it for exercise or if they want to take a phone call, if they've earned the privilege to take a phone call. Okay. Um, their diet is restricted to ensure the food cannot be used to harm themselves hmm. or create unhygienic conditions in their cell. So it's pretty like, no, we're going to make you eat and you're going to eat. Yeah relatively healthy you can't like hide it till it gets moldy and then poison yourself or yeah whatever. uh some cells have showers Ooh, um, luxury which further reduces the amount of handling that inmates need to have with okay um, guards guards so it's just kind of is like we're gonna give you a shower just because we don't want to like we want to limit the amount of times like we have to interact with you because you bad bad man <laughs> And it actually only houses male inmates. There's no female inmates. And there is n- actually no female equivalent of ADX Florence. The closest okay. is like a maximum security prison in Texas, which high, <laughs> which um, holds like high level female inmates. Are there female guards, I wonder? Good question. I don't know. Okay. Um, so... Basically, the federal it's in the federal prison system, and that prison system has deemed that these people are the most dangerous and are need the tightest control, which including prisoners whose escape would pose a threat to national security. Oh my gosh! These are like people where you're like, no, 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 no. We we need to keep them yeah contained. Um, it's actually not intended to be a full like they're not supposed to stay their entire time at ADX Florence. Hmm. Like their intention is to like rehabilitate them so they can send them to another maximum security prison. Still maximum security, but not like ADX Florence maximum okay. security. Um so the long term goal is to keep them there for no more than three years and then transfer them to a lex- less restrictive prison to serve out the remainder of their sentence. How often does that happen? Not very often. Yeah I didn't think so. Um so, according to a 1998 report in the San Francisco Chronicle, um, ADX Florence's main purpose is to try and extract reasonably peaceful behavior behavior from extremely violent career prisoners. Good luck. <laughs> I mean, there's just a lot of problems. So, that's a little bit about the 
prison. Are you going to tell us who's in it? I sure am. I was hoping. So I want to talk about just like two notable former inmates who are not there anymore. Um, So they rehabilitate and now they're out in the open. One of them did. One of them did not. Um, Ted Kaczynski. Also oh. known as the Unabomber. The Unabomber. Uh, he was actually transferred to uh, another federal prison, and he's serving eight life sentences. So he's still around. He's just in another prison. Did you know that he was a part of MK Ultra? I did not. Experiments. That's kind of why he went crazy. What? Yeah, I know. Or, you know. We'll have to do an episode on that. Guy. We will. So again, he pled guilty in 1998 to building, transporting, and mailing explosives to carry out 16 bombings from 1978 to 1995 in a mail bombing campaign that targeted people involved with modern technology. Mm-hmm. And the other notable inmate, Timothy McVeigh. Oh, another bomber. He also did the was a bomber. Uh, did the uh, 1995 Oklahoma City bombing of the Alfred P. Murrah federal building which killed yeah. 98 people uh, like he a was bunch of babies so many babies because it was a there was a, was a daycare at the bottom in yeah. the first floor i think or i don't know if it's the first one of the floor, but one of the floors that was like the lower close ones, to where yeah. the the, the, the van was. was yeah um he was executed in 2001 so great he's not right that's fine with me so who is currently there Ooh, tell me i try there's so many people oh my gosh. there I love this but i kind of did like there's basically like three main groups of people okay. and i tried to do like three four five from each group so notable current inmates foreign terrorists okay so we got zacharias and i'm probably going to say his name zacharias wrong. no zacharias okay z-a-c-a-r-i-a-s i don't know sure um musai musoi oh crush that one Thank you. Um, he's currently serving six life sentences. Ten tiny eyes. Guys, <laughs> and a question mark. Um, he's a French citizen and Al-Qaeda operative. Ooh. Uh, he pled guilty to terrorism conspiracy charges in 2005 for playing a key role in planning the September 11th attacks by helping the hijackers obtain flight lessons, money, and oh. material used in the attacks. That's rude. Uh, next guy is Rami Youssef. He's serving life plus 240 years. He was convicted uh, in 1994 of terrorism uh, and other charges in connection with the 1993 World Trade Center bombing. Okay. Um, which six, which killed six people and injured more than a thousand people. Um, so he's there. And he also <laughs> was convicted in 1996 of planning Project Bajinka. <laughs> Pajinka. Pajinka. Fun to say. Um, which was a foiled plot conceived by senior Al-Qaeda member Khalid Sheikh Mohammed to bomb 12 planes in a 48-hour period. That is so rude. It's so rude. But he's there. But he didn't do it. He did the other thing, though. He did, yeah. He was involved in the planning. The other thing, he actually, like, helped the hijackers. Not a good thing to do. Um, Richard Reed. He is mm, serving three life sentences plus 110 years. Uh, he was a British... He's a British national who became an Al-Qaeda operative. Oh, maybe I have it. And he pled guilty in 2002 um, to an attempted use of a weapon of mass destruction and connected with his 2001 attempt to detonate explosive devices 
hidden in his shoes. Oh, the shoe bomber. Okay. On a plane traveling from Paris to Miami. Yes, I do recognize that. He is known as the shoe bomber. The shoe bomber. <laughs> Thank you so I love putting my bare feet on every mm. airport floor. Love it, love it, love it. Thank you so Thank much you for that. For making shoes a problem. Including flip-flops. Which, the next guy, <laughs> I'm glad this didn't become a problem because we would have more issues. Okay, tell uh, me. Umar Abdul Mat- You got it. Abdul Matalab. Yeah. Um, so he's serving four life sentences plus 50 years. Um, he is a Nigerian national and Al-Qaeda um, in the Arabian Peninsula operative. Um, he pled guilty in 2011 to attempted use of a weapon of mass destruction Ooh. for trying to blow up Northwest Airlines Flight 253 from Amsterdam to Detroit on Christmas Day. Can you stop it with the airplanes, please? I know. There's one more, okay. I think. <laughs> Pretty sure. Um, and he is more commonly known mm. as the underwear bomber. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. Because the bomb was sewn into his underwear and it did not go off. I'm pretty sure they're looking at our under our underwear when Probably. we do that little scanny thing. Probably. I just mean, it was just a little like, you know, I think it just started like smoking and then it didn't go off and then they're like, oh no, something's wrong, something's smoking. Your undies are smoking, Your undies sir. are smoking. <laughs> did you have Chipotle before you got on the plane? <laughs> If so, we understand. If so, we get it. Carry if not, on. We've got other pro- we've got other questions. Uh, and the last uh, foreign terrorist is not the last. There's a whole bunch sure, of sure, them, sure, but sure. I the just last one you're talking the last about. one I'm talking about. Ahmed Abu Katala. He's serving a 22 year sentence, and he's scheduled for release on March 14th, 2033. Release to a different max. Release, release. So there's no in between. No, there's your release. Okay, what do you um, do? So he is a Libyan national and leader of Ansar al-Sharia. And he, or the group, led the Benghazi attacks against two United States government facilities in September 2012. Um, so this was when um, Hillary Clinton was the Secretary of State. And if you remember, during the... Circus that was the 2016 election. They yeah. kept bringing up Benghazi. Uh huh. This is the incident. Okay. Um. So what happened is there was an attack against two United States gov- United States government facilities in September of 2012, and they attacked the compound on September 11th, 2012. Hmm. Um. That resulted in deaths of the of a U.S. ambassador to Libya, J. Christopher Stevens, a U.S. Foreign Service Information Management Officer, Sean Smith. Um, and then there was a mortar attack that was carried out against a CIA annex that resulted in the death of two or more U.S. diplomats. Hmm. Yeah. It Good. Wasn't, it wasn't. Let him out. It wasn't great. <laughs> yeah. You know, 2033. He'll be out. He'll be fine. Oh, 33. 33. We're only in the 20s. Okay, We're great. 20s. I was thinking next year. Now, Oof. domestic terrorists. Good. You know, people that are from the United States that have, you know. Terrorized domestic Terrorized domestic. their own Country. Yeah. It's great. Um, Zokar Sarnaev. He was originally sentenced to death on June 24th, 2015, but it was overturned by a federal appeals court in 2020, but then it was reimposed by the Supreme Court in 2022. So, yeah, he's back on death row. Is this, can I guess? Yeah. The marathon 
Bummer. Sure is. Yeah, Him I and his it. brother planted a pressure cooker bomb at the finish line of the 2013 Boston Marathon. Um, he was sentenced to death and was transferred. Uh, he was sent to be transferred to U United States Prison Terre Haute in Indiana when his execution date was set. Mm-hmm. Um, but the death sentence was vacated in 2020 due to inadequate screening for potential biases among the jury pool. And the death sentence was reimposed by the Supreme Court in March 2022. So he is back on death row. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he is the Boston Marathon bomber. Boo. Bad guy. I remember watching, I actually, we for were some working together. reason, I think I was off that day. Uh, or I was like working swing shift. Could be. Because I, rem- I had it on TV for oh, some unknown reason. Weird. I, I, I don't watch marathons. Like, it's not fun for me. You're sports adjacent. I'm sports adjacent. I don't like watching people run. It's not fun for it's, me, but I was watching it. But it was on. I had to work myself up to going to work. Right. I had to, like, had to get ready. Had to get pumped. And I was like, you know what? If they can run a marathon, I can go to work. I can do this terrible job. Um, I remember Mary Jane came over and was like, um... We'll look at the news. Yeah. And it was... It was bad. I remember I was on and I was like, I was like, what? Because I saw like smoke. Yeah. And I was like, that's... Is, is someone like really excited and just lit off fireworks? Like, that's cool. Congratulations. <laughs> no, it wasn't fireworks. No. It blew off people's... On bomb limbs. Uh, so yeah, he's there. Uh, Terry Nichols okay. is also there. He is serving 161 consecutive life sentences. Why don't I know his name? Uh, he was the co-conspirator in the 1995 Oklahoma City bombing. Oh, uh, okay. He drove the truck. <laughs> okay. Yep. Yeah. He can't do that. Yep. He was the right-hand man of mm-hmm. Timothy McVeigh. And Eric Rudolph is also there. He is serving four consecutive life sentences. Okay. Uh, he is a member of the Christian extremi- extremist group army of god he pled guilty in 2005 to carrying out four bombings between 1996 and 1998 Hmm. including the centennial olympic park bombing in atlanta the bombing that happened during the 1996 olympics i don't think i knew that happened yeah there was a bombing i'll have to talk about it there was but a wee babe there was a bombing at the olympics and they actually had it pinned on a security guard was it him no, it oh. wasn't him. They had it pinned on him. They said he did it, but he, um, Richard Jewell, was the security guard. And he was actually, he actually noticed the bomb oh. and was telling people and was getting people away. Uh-huh. He was the hero. He actually said it ended up saving a bunch of lives. Oh. But he was like drawn then, through the ringer. Oh, like, man, that sucks. Just his name was smeared. And it wasn't until I think even 2005 that he was wow. finally like, Exonerated because they were like, no, we found the guy that did it. How did they find him? Do you know? Don't know. Okay. I'll do a whole story on it. Okay. 1986 Oklahoma City. I'm moment. very interested or to not learn about that. Oklahoma City. Uh, Atlanta. Atlanta. All right. Espionage. Ooh. Which is it's kind a of very, a fun one. It's a fun topic. <laughs> uh, we got Robert Hansen. He is serving 15 consecutive life sentences. Which um, ones right after each other? And which consecutive. ones total? Okay. So consecutive is like you serve one life sentence, then, then you, you serve another, another then one. you do another. Concurrent is Concurrent that all at the same time. All at once. Okay, good, good. I always get those mixed up. I, I do too. Uh, so he is a former senior FBI agent assigned to counterintelligence. Uh, he pled guilty in 2002 to espionage for passing classified information 
to the Soviet Union and later Russia over a 20-year period. Jeez. This Ooh. was regarded at the time as the worst intelligence disaster in U.S. history. Um, and actually, several U.S. undercover agents were executed based <gasps> on his leaked information oh, to no. Russia. Oh, no. Rude. Yeah, very rude. Can you imagine just being... A sp- under like a double agent yeah. for 20 years can you imagine the yeah. stress i would not be able to sleep i would, never, I would have so many ulcers so many pills <laughs> i could never and my would lunch and dinner would be those chalky pills yeah, <laughs> right those are called. um and harold nicholson he is serving a 23 year sentence plus eight years and he's actually scheduled for release this year okay. in november um, he is the highest CIA officer to be convicted of espionage. He pled guilty in 1997 for passing classified information to Russia from 1994 to 1996. Um, he pled, he had again pled guilty in 2010 um, to attempting to collect payments from Russian agents to for his past espionage activities. So he's like good friends with Putin. Yeah. And him and he's Putin, about to get BFFs, and he's about to get released. He doesn't so. know anything though. Now he'll be he'll go back to Russia. It'll be fine, or go to Russia. Anyway, uh, it sounds like it's really nice this time of yeah. The I hear it's world I hear, I hear the weather's <laughs> great, um, and the political climate is just mm. Mm, chef's kiss. <laughs> Organized crime figures. Ooh, okay, so James Marcello, he is serving a life sentence. He is the front boss of the Chicago outfit um, of a the Chicago mob. Love his outfit. Love a mob. <laughs> Love an outfit. You know, I will say mob bosses. <laughs> oh, well dressed. Great outfits. Great outfits. Well dressed. <laughs> it's fantastic. I actually saw today I was watching something and it was uh, Michael Imperioli and someone else, but they were both on The Sopranos. Okay. Which, if you haven't seen The Sopranos, it's about a mob yep. family in New Jersey. On New Jersey. And James Gandolfini, who played Tony Soprano, mm-hmm. who was the main like mob boss, mm-hmm. they were saying he once got a phone call in the middle of the night. They have no idea who it was <laughs> or anything. And the call said, we like what you're doing. <laughs> we appreciate you. Snazzed up. But Dons never wear shorts. <laughs> and they hung up the phone. <laughs> oh my God, that's incredible. So if you learn one thing from today. No, never shorts. Never shorts for a mafia Don. If you see, if you're suspicious of someone and they're wearing shorts. Yeah, if you see calf, no, no. <laughs> no, no. He's not a Don. <laughs> that's amazing. Um... But that's their grievance with it. That's their grievance, <laughs> is he wore shorts. Um, ew, first of all. Ew. And white socks, can you imagine? Uh, in <laughs> December? Gross. <laughs> After Labor Day? Oh, I don't think so. Uh, so he was convicted of racketeering and conspiracy for participating in 18 murders, uh, directing criminal activities through ex- uh, including extortion, illegal gambling, loan sharking, and bribery. Can't do that. Can't do that. And. Although it was super, I guess 18 people. Yeah. It's the key point, not the bribery. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the key point right there. That's, hold on to that one. Yeah, okay. Uh, and Joaquin Guzman, a.k.a. El Chapo. Oh. Uh, he's serving. Joaquin 
Joaquin Guzman. That's a great name. Yeah. Nicknamed El Chapo. El, why? Oh, what does El Chapo mean? I feel like you know. I think it means... It's something that's, like, hilarious. Yeah, it's like little one little or something. Little fat man or something. <laughs> I think it's something like that. It's like little, like... No. What does it mean? You're looking it up. I'm trying. Shorty. Shorty! Because <laughs> he's short! Shouty. Shouty. Uh, he, Not very intimidating. As we know, he was the former leader of the Sinaloa cartel. Uh, he actually escaped prison at some point in time. I and feel then like more than once. More than once he's escaped. Um, but he was extradited from Mexico to the United States in 2017. Yeah, because he kept escaping in Mexico. They yeah. had like a whole tunnel system, if he I remember He escaped in Mexico. He escaped in the United States. He's just escaping. Um, his charges included uh, drug trafficking, money laundering, and murder. Um, his defense asserted that he was not the organized crime leader that the procu- that the prosecution claimed. Wink, wink. He's El Chapé. He's El Chapé. <laughs> He's French. He's French. <laughs> um, so again, he was sentenced on in 2019 to life imprisonment without parole, and they actually just caught his son. I think so. Or his nephew. Someone or whoever is now the, the leader of, the, Sin- of yeah. the Sinaloa cartel, his nickname is the Mouse. <laughs> squeak, squeak, <laughs> squeak, squeak, <laughs> squeak and squeaking. Um, <laughs> and that caused a whole thing in Mexico. Oh, like ju- a few days ago in Mexico City. Oh, yeah, they, yeah, they shut they down the airport. Yeah, they canceled all the flights there. That's right. I do remember that. Yeah, that's because you know the United States was going to take him to the U.S. to, you know, prosecute him yeah. for there drug trafficking. And they were much like... Much riot. No, no. Also, if you've ever watched Narcos, very good show. It's all in Spanish. I know. So you gotta read the subtitles. That's why I watched the first few episodes because I've heard it's really good. But it's, I just... Really I'm I always know. doing something else when I'm watching TV, you know? So I just couldn't... I get it. I understand. But it is good. Uh, and then got a couple people here for other crimes. There's no, like, just murderers. Mm-hmm. I guess the Oklahoma City was... They're all murdering people. They're, they're all murdering people, but there's, murder no, plus. there's no serial killers. <laughs> and I actually looked, and there was no... Well, I say that. Hold on. Okay. Uh, so, other crimes. Michael Swango. Never heard of him. Swan, come here. Wah, wah. <laughs> Swan go over there. Swan Lake. <laughs> um, he is the Swan Prince. Oh. Just kidding. Um, he's er- serving Eric? three. He's, no debt. He's, oh, it's I know. Oh, that's an underrated. That's an underrated yeah. animated feature. I'm sure. Um, he's serving three consecutive life sentences. Um, he is was a physician and a serial killer. Doctor of Death? Fun Doctor fact, Death? I don't think he was Doctor Death. What do they call that? Uh, I no, I think remember. it's Doctor Death. That's the podcast. Oh, but they like um, Angel of Death. Yeah, there we go. That's what they call it. Uh, he pled guilty in two thousand to fatally poisoning four patients. Um, and, oh, he's been <laughs> sorry, Penny. Disturbed, <laughs> <laughs> startled, her. disturbed my slumber. You need to go find the gem in her. It's like you're not done yet. There's no snacks. 
I will wash my face. <laughs> okay, Dr. Um, Dr. Death. So he uh, was pled guilty in 2000 of fatally poisoning four patients, and he's been linked to scores of other deaths. Scores and scores. And he was actually sent to ADX Florence at his own request due to safety concerns. Oh. Were they babies? Or maybe people were they just killed? asking him to, like, take a look at this mole, and he was like, I really don't want to. <laughs> Can I get 23 hours of silence, Can please? I get people not asking me <laughs> to look at moles or, That's like, funny. lesions? <laughs> Healthcare is not free, even in prison. Exactly. Uh, Jesse Conwy. I'm going to go with it. He's serving a life sentence. Um, he was actually already in jail um, for killing a gang rival in Arizona. Um, so he was already in prison down in Arizona. Tupac? Um, no. And he was identified as the suspect in the murder of a corrections officer Uh-oh. at another penitentiary. Yeah. So do that. send him to the big house. Yeah. The big, big house. The max house. The max house. Uh, and then Paul Bergren. Not a Paul. There's a Paul. Let I him had out. to throw in a Paul. <laughs> Let I him s- out. I saw a Paul and I had to throw him in there because. He's wrongfully convicted. You know what? Paul's aren't perfect there's as always much as there's all there's, there's gotta an be exception to the rule gotta be a rotten paul <laughs> there's gotta be one and i found him okay tell me about him um he was an attorney Uh-oh. that was convicted of conspiracy to murder a witness and racketeering cocaine and prostitution offenses <laughs> that's a rotten paul that's a rotten Paul. That's a rotten Paul. I mean, you know, I'm not an attorney, but the one thing I know not to do is try to get witnesses murdered. <laughs> As an attorney. As an attorney. <laughs> I mean, just in general, also but don't also deal cocaine. As an attorney, not great. So yeah, he's also in general. You're right about that. <laughs> he's serving a life sentence. Just one. That's child's play there. Just one. Just one. Yeah, he's uh I mean, it's not the shortest sense because we got people that are getting out soon we got one yeah, person's getting out in november uh he was serving 23 years plus eight <laughs> which i don't know why they just nobody say, knows how much that is 31 yeah. <laughs> they're just like <laughs> 23 possible plus eight <laughs> plus four that's <laughs> hard <laughs> i meant i meant something different so yeah that interesting. is interesting florence and the terrible terrible people that are there Probably a bunch of them were caught because of DNA. Probably. Good job. Thank you. All right. January 17th. I think I did that day, but... Okay. Um, I was looking at you. Today's I'm the not going to hold... I'm not going to hold very okay. uh, very close to that until you say something that matches what I Okay. Say. I've started doing these, like, well in advance when I'm bored, so oh, I don't know you. what it says. <laughs> 1584. Bohemia... Adopts the Georgian calendar. We did the same day. Okay, good. Praise be. <laughs> we know how you love. I love the a cal- Gregorian calendar. Love a Gregorian calendar. Big 17, fans. 1773. Captain James Cook becomes the first to cross the Antarctic Circle. Mazel. Mazel. 1775. Nine women were burnt as witches for. Causing bad harvest in Poland. Um, I have just specified nine okay. old women. Yeah, old women. <laughs> just, just to specify. I left that out because they thought it was rude. <laughs> 
I kept it in because I was like, you know what? If they're going to say they're old women, I'm going to say they're old Which women. Which is like in 1775. They were 35. <laughs> they were 30. I'm the old woman. <laughs> okay, and we're jumping all the way to 1917. Ooh. The U.S. purchased three of the Virgin Islands, mm-hmm. St. Thomas, St. John, and St. Croix from Ooh. Denmark for a cool 25 male. Hmm. Bargain. Good choice. Yeah, excellent decision. Okay, 1920, the first day of the prohibition of alcohol comes into effect in the U.S. as a result of the 18th Amendment of the Constitution. Thank goodness it did not last. Uh, 1928, the first fully automatic photographic film developing machine is patented. That's a mouthful. I know. It just kept going. I was was almost out of breath. I was like, when is this going to stop? (laughs) 1929, Popeye, the sailor, known for his love of spinach, made his debut. Go Popeye. Uh, 1945, Auschwitz concentration camp begins evacuation. Huzzah. Huzzah. 1987, U.S. President Reagan signs secret order permitting covert sales of arms to Iran. (gasps) Iran Contra. Iran Contra. Emily, get on here. Emily. We still need to learn. 1997, Dennis Rodman suspended by the NBA indefinitely for kicking a cameraman. See, I saw that and I tried to avoid sports. <laughs> <laughs> so you wrote it down immediately. Uh, and I wrote expanded another, on it. I wrote down another sports one. <laughs> I was like, mm, no, we can't do sports. And I was like, oh, I got to put that one in there. <laughs> okay, and then finally in 2017, the search for missing airplane uh, flights from flight MH370 over the Indian Ocean is called off. Didn't we do an episode? Check on out that? episode six, freestyle mouth jazz. Oh, <laughs> that information a good on one. that. I think <laughs> we've six. We peaked too soon. I think we've I think we've talked about that episode like multiple I think times. It was a good one. <laughs> like we've referenced it a few times. <laughs> okay, you go. Uh, okay, 1524. Okay. Uh, the beginning of Giovanni de Verrazzano's final voyage to find a passage to China. From I where? I don't think he did. <laughs> to Italy. Oh, that seems easy. It's not that far. It's not that far. I think he might have gotten lost. No, but you can't go through the Mediterranean Sea. Uh-uh. You gotta go out and around. That would be hard. Yeah, it would be difficult. Yeah. Uh, 1595, King Henry IV of France declares war on Spain. Rude. Because why not? That's what they did back then. They were like, I war on you. I like. I would like your land, please. I would like to war with you. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you. Uh, 1779, <clears throat> also uh, Captain James Cook's last notation in the Discovery Uh-oh. Ship's log. Because uh, he was then right. killed. <laughs> Uh, 1882, the first Dutch female physician opened her office. Snaps to her. No Uh, name included. (laughs) Aleda Jacobs. Okay, great. Sure. Uh, 1982, cold Sunday in the United States would see temperatures fall to their lowest levels in over 100 years in numerous cities. In what year? 1982. Oh, yeah, I guess they would have records by then. But anyway. Uh, I feel like it's been cool. You're being dramatic. Uh, 1984, the Supreme Court rules that private use of home VCRs to tape TV (gasps) programs for later viewing does not violate federal copyright laws. Thank God. Thought I was going to prison for so long. (laughs) Of TiVo. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
Uh, which came many, many years later. But yeah. anyway. Uh, 1995, George W. was sworn in as the governor of Texas. Which, You're darn too. Can I just say. Okay. George W. God bless you. Kind of. Only because. Only <laughs> because. Since he stepped. Since he was like not president anymore. He has stayed out of everything. He literally just he's hangs out on his, his head down because he committed war crimes. Yeah. He's trying to stay out of the fray. He just is at his ranch painting. Yeah. That's all he's doing. That's he's what, like, nope. I Nope. 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 I just want to paint. Which, I mean, you know, more presidents, former presidents should do that. I thinking about it. I'm looking at you, Mr. Cheeto. Mr. Cheeto, I was thinking about it, including our current president. They just need to go to jail immediately after their presidential run is over. Send them to the Supermax. Oh, they would get killed immediately. That's kidding. Uh, 1995, my one sports. Uh, The LA Rams announced they are moving to St. Louis, which, like, a few years later, they announced they're going back to LA. Yeah. And now they're in LA. And they won the Super Bowl last year and then had a terrible season this year. Oh, darn. And in 2001, President Bill Clinton posthumously raises William Clark's rank from lieutenant to captain Mm -hmm. and gave the title of honorary sergeant to... Okay, I've always known it as Sacagawea, Mm -hmm. but I've heard it also called Sacagawea. Sacagawea. That's how we say it here. Mm -hmm. Um, A Shoshone woman who served as a guide... um, and uh, to hurt him and, you know. Lewis and Clark. Yeah. And then <laughs> someone named York, who was a person enslaved by William Clark, who existed the expedition party. Oh, it's... <laughs> no wonder he never gets mentioned. Some guy named York. Don't know who Some he is. Some prisoner named York. Some <laughs> just names York. <laughs> so anyway, that's what happened. Okay, honestly. we did it. We did it. Uh, may they R.I.P. 1893, your favorite. Rutherford. Rutherford. Rutherford B. Hayes. Um, And then 1927, Juliet Gordon Lowe, who was an American activist and founder of the Girl Scouts of America. Love your cookies. Love a great cookie. Big fan of a cookie. Probably her OG recipe. Big fan of a Thin Mint. (laughs) That's all I got. Uh, I have, in addition to those two, Mm -hmm. 1938, William Pickering, who was an Mm. American astronomer who predicted... Pluto. That it was going to not That it was planet. there. No, that it was there. <laughs> that it existed. You did. Um, You're good for nothing, Pickering. <laughs> I know. Uh, Gary Gilmore was an American murderer who was <gasps> executed in Utah, um, and which was the first U.S. execution since 1967. In Utah. In Utah. In all places. And then 1997, Clyde, Clyde, Clyde. William. <laughs> That's a terrible name. Clyde William Tombaugh. Who, after William Pickering said it was there, <laughs> Clyde discovered Pluto. Oh my god, they died the same day. It was it a murder died suicide? The same. It might have been. <laughs> Different years, though, probably. Many years apart. <laughs> okay, um, don't even think Clyde was alive when, when uh, <laughs> William died, but big day for Pluto. Well, you're also useless, too. It's a big day for Pluto's not a planet. It's still there, though, to I, be fair. You know... I have really strong feelings about Pluto. No, I miss him. Okay. <laughs> I miss Pluto every day. Should be a planet. That's what I'm saying. Make Pluto great again. <laughs> Go Pluto. <laughs> Go Pluto. Okay, HBD. HBD. 1706. Man with a ponytail. 
Benjamin Franklin. Benny Frank. Love your store. Love your work. Love your work. Uh, 1899, Al Capone. Don't love your work as much. No. <laughs> Don't actually understand. I know you didn't wear shorts. No shorts for, for Mr. Sake. Capone. <laughs> Cavs, who are they? Cavs. Who's she? Who's she? 1922, Betty White. Uh, R.I.P. May she R.I.P. Which makes her older than sliced bread. It's true. That is very true. Well, now she's dead. But. Yeah, well, she... She still holds that title. 1931. I didn't have to put explanations about who any of these people are. They're so huge. Yeah. What a day for birthdays. What a day. 1931, James Earl Jones. <gasps> oh, I have it in 1933. Oh, I probably wrote it wrong. <laughs> Either way, he died. Or no, it's their birthday. Either way, he was born today in 1931. Good job. 1933. Loved you in Star Wars. 1942, Muhammad Ali. Do you love a Muhammad Ali? Uh, 1957, Steve Harvey. Ooh. Of the... Steve Harvey show. <laughs> and now he does Family Feud. Oh, he does. He named the wrong person at the Miss America. Sure did. Sure did. The concert. I don't sure know did. Know okay, 1962, Jim Carrey. God love him. God bless. Ah, the Nin- Grinch. The best Grinch. <laughs> 1964, Michelle Obama. Of the book. <laughs> I don't remember what it's called. She was also the first lady for she quite had, some time. Yeah. 1980, Zoe Deschanel. Ooh, do you love a Zoe Deschanel? Of the New Girl. I've and never I, seen New Girl. It's funny. Okay. It's not like my fave fave, but yeah, I've never good. seen it. I think you'd like it. Okay. 1981, Ray J. Ray J. Of Kim Kardashian. <laughs> Kim Kardashian's uh, How She Got Famous. <laughs> He was a cinematographer. <laughs> Ray J of the cinematographic of the uh, cinematographer of how Kim of Kardashian that documentary became famous. <laughs> also, Brandy's brother. And then, 1984. This one does have an uh, an AKA, not an explanation, I guess. Uh, Adam Richard Wiles, Ooh. AKA Calvin Harris. Calvin. Yes. Big time for birthdays. XBF of the T Swift. Yeah. Uh, I have 1927 Eartha Kitt. Oh, yeah. American singer. <gasps> also, the voice of Yzma yes. from Emperor's New Groove. Pull the lever. Yzma. Love her. <laughs> Love her. Um, and she, what was the first thing you said? She's a singer. Yeah, she sang the original Santa oh, Baby, she did. which is one of my faves. Love her. Love her. Love an Eartha Kit. Um, she died in 2008. Still love her. Um, R.I.P. R.I.P. Uh, 1939, Maury Povich. Maury? Of Maury. <laughs> People being, or not being, the father. <laughs> DNA. DNA. Full circle, baby. There we, we did it. <laughs> Uh, Thank God. And actually, they're calling Pitchfork because we have the show Maury. You gave or way it was to actually Maury. Alex, somebody who accidentally invented it. Oh, you know, on the same page anymore. Regardless, it, it gave us Maury. <laughs> Thank God for that. I've never seen it. You've never seen Maury? I mean, I know what it is. It's like, oh, it's um, just, what's the other guy, Jerry? Oh yeah, it's it's trash, but it's great. I, love I trash. used I used to watch it, you know, midday when you're sick, home from school, yeah. sick, chicken noodle soup, mm. Sprite. Ooh. I still crave Sprite when I'm sick. Hmm. No matter what I have, I'm like, I need Sprite. 
Interesting. Do you yeah. like it when you're not sick? Not really. Yeah. But yeah, when I was when I had COVID. Yeah, Sprite. I was like, I, I need Sprite. It's not great. It's not hydrating. No, <laughs> I just needed Sprite. And my, my dad bought the grocery store for us. And I was like, I need Sprite. <coughs> and I need chicken top ramen. Mm. None of these are going to solve anything. No, they're going to make you worse. Mm. That is what I need in this moment. And Steve delivered. He did. He sure did. He God was, bless you know. God bless Steve. He's, he's, he's a great man. He's a great man. He's a great man. Uh yeah, that's it. We did it. We did it. We're here. Justice January. Justice January. Is next week and next or we do stuff more? I don't know. Gonna be gone most of the time next week. You know, in so the mansion that I mentioned. Maybe. Oh yeah, you're staying at a mansion. Um we'll we'll see you when we see you. Maybe it'll be January, maybe it'll be February. I don't know. I don't know. know. I barely know what today is. We'll figure it out. But we do love you. And we do mean it. Good. Goodbye. Bye.